my name is Kyle Rada. Welcome to my annual Top 10 Albums of the Year list. I've been doing this for a few years now. I like to recap every December what I listened to the most, what I thought was the best, maybe share some new things with you and just kind of give credit to my favorite things that I've listened to over the course of the past 12 months. So thank you for listening and let's get it going with number 10 on my list, a band that I've been following for quite a while now. Foles, the album Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost, part one. There's something about this album that is just so listenable to me. At no point did I consider it one of my favorites, but something about it had me just keep putting it on in the background constantly. Now, Foles used to be one of my favorite bands. They came out, their first three albums I really, really enjoyed. Their fourth one was called What Went Down, and it kind of saw them get into too much of a routine. They got really comfortable with who they were and what they were doing and developed this kind of arena rock sort of sound. It was still pretty good, but it just wasn't that interesting anymore. They kind of, I thought, had peaked, and when I heard they were releasing new music, I checked it out, but I didn't have much expectation. When I listened to it, I was surprised. It still is pretty much in that comfort zone, but they do push the limits a little bit. They self-produced this album for the first time they tried that. It seems like they, more than in the past, really tried to nail kind of this moody atmosphere. Wanted it on this list, slotted it right in there, just made the cut. It's a nice listen. I can't say the same thing for part two. They came out with two albums this year. It's basically a split double album. They released one in the spring and one pretty recently in the fall. Part two, they tried to do that arena sound, heavier guitars, more in your face. That didn't work for me. But part one, I really enjoyed. So number nine on my list will probably lose me a lot of credibility in some people's minds, but hear me out, bear with me on this one. I'm putting Lover by Taylor Swift in at the number nine slot. This one edged out my girl Carly Rae Jepsen with her album Dedicated, which was also good, as my favorite kind of bubbly pop album of the year. And a lot of the tracks do qualify as what I would call bubbly pop, but honestly there's a lot more to it than that. I think, especially from a production standpoint, this album has a lot going for it.
I've always enjoyed Taylor Swift's music. Uh, I was never a huge fan, but a lot of her radio stuff I liked. Her One of her first albums, Speak Now, I had the CD of that I got from the library or something. That was good, but I didn't really listen to anything she's done for a long time. Um, just kind of assumed it wasn't for me. This one popped up, you know, as a news story when it came out. So I gave it a listen. Didn't really like it at first. Listened to it more and ended up really enjoying it. Did did a lot of bike riding and some longer trips this year. And for some reason, this became my go-to album that I would play. It just put me in a good mood. Saying goodbye is dead by a thousand cuts. Flashbacks waking me up. I get drunk, but it's not enough. Cause the morning comes and you're not my baby. The major fault with this album is that it is 18 songs long and clocks in at over an hour. Just objectively too much music for one album. Even if it's all good, I think most of the time that's just too much for one album. And this one, they're not all good. There are a couple of songs that are embarrassingly bad, including the lead single, which you may have heard of and which is why I'm probably going to lose credibility is the song Me with the guy from Panic! at the Disco. Ugh. Terrible, terrible song. Uh, the By far the worst song on this album. But I made a playlist on Spotify with songs from this album, and there's enough for what... I would consider a full album. I made a playlist. It's called Good Lover. And it's 39 minutes and 12 songs. And it's so solid and tight that if this was the album she came out with, I think it would be way higher on my list. It's so good. I listen to this playlist all the time. Um, I'll put this, I'll put a link to this playlist if anybody is interested. But I'm not going to be ashamed. Taylor Swift... She did some good work. (laughs) Respect it. That's all I have to say. All right, next one I want to talk about, number eight on my list, is Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. Thought that I was free from all that questioning. But every time a problem ends, another one begins. And the stone walls are vomiting. This was Vampire Weekend's first album since 2013's amazing Modern Vampires of the City. They lost one of their key members, Rostam something, long last name. 
Uh, but he was a founding member. He was a big part of, I think, a lot of the weirdness that Vampire Weekend gets into. This one is a little more straightforward. It's really good vibes, especially compared to Modern Vampires of the City, which was dark and brooding. It just sounds like the band members are really content in what they're doing and where they are in their lives. But again, the reason I don't have this album higher is it's 18 songs long, which again is objectively just too many songs for an album. Compared to Taylor Swift, who just put on just really bad songs, the thing that Vampire Weekend did is they just put on songs that were so dull, it made the whole listening experience feel like a slog just to get through. The pacing as an album to listen through for 58 minutes it was just too much for me. 58 minutes! So again, I made a nice little playlist that's called Good Father of the Bride, and that was one of my favorite things to listen to all year. That clocks in at a tidy 36 minutes. So sweet and clean. If that was the album, then... I think it would be on a lot more end-of-the-year lists than it is. Artists, please just don't overthink it. Put on your good songs. Make a good album. Don't fret over the, the wasted studio time. It's okay. It'll all be okay. All right. What I have as number seven on my list is what I'm calling Let's Try the After by Broken Social Scene. If you're not familiar with Broken Social Scene, they've been around for a while. They're a collective of band members from Canada. They're kind of a cast of rotating people. But they come together and they make this kind of layered sound. But everything they make is just a cool combination of ideas that all come together and are mashed up. And they make it sound really natural and interesting. Whenever Broken Social Scene come out with something new, it feels at the same time familiar and innovative. The sound by design never really is the same, but there's a familiarity with it that you can hear something and pick up like, oh yeah, this is Broken Social Scene, they, they did it again, they nailed it. So this is not, you guys are going to hate me, but this is not technically an album. This is two EPs that... Broken Social Scene came out with this year. It was uh, Let's Try the After Part 1 and Part 2. And I loved both of them so much. And smashed them together. And it makes a nice little album. And the reason I don't feel bad about putting it on this list 
is that for Record Store Day, they actually released it on vinyl together as an LP. So it's not actually an album, but it's okay. It should be. Okay, moving right along. Number six on my list is the album Magdalene by FKA Twigs. So this is an artist whose name I'd heard before and always assumed it just kind of wasn't for me for whatever reason. This year, when the album came out, I gave it a listen and was so struck by it right away. I couldn't believe that I hadn't listened to this artist before. She's so cool and so innovative and so different from anything else. She uses her voice as an instrument. She has a great voice, but also she uses it in such weird ways. It kind of punctuates what's happening in the rest of the music. There's something just captivating about some of these songs. It's it's the kind of music that, to really appreciate it, you need to give it your full attention. There are so many layers to it and so many things all happening at once and transitions into new things and a lot of the the production that goes along with it it's hard to tell how they even mapped out these songs what the plan was I don't know, but I just find everything about it fascinating. At some point, I had the thought that that it should almost be, like, in an art gallery. Like, it kind of works as popular music, but there's something that feels kind of experiential about it, where it could be an event of its own. I don't entirely know what I'm talking about, but it really captivates me. Number six on the countdown, I went with... I I by Boniver. Boniver has had this really wild transition from kind of sad acoustic guy to bonkers experimental digital avant-garde artist.
His last album, 22 A Million, is one of my favorites. I loved it. Loved it when it came out. Still love it. This one I was hoping was going to push boundaries in the same way that 22 A Million did. When I listened to it, it had a lot of weirdness, but it was similar weirdness to what he'd done in the past. It wasn't really pushing boundaries the way I was hoping it would, but as I gave it more listens, I realized that what it was doing is it wasn't really trying to push boundaries. What it was trying to do is be a culmination of everything the band had done to that point. It was able to bring together the inspirational feeling that the self-titled second album had and also the uneasiness and kind of electronic angst that 22 a million did. I had a heavy mind, sugar. I took it, it was right. Full time, you talk your money up, but it's living in a coal mine. Told time to call your mind. There are some moments on it that are just truly beautiful, that were kind of absent from their recent work. Next on the list is an artist from my hometown Chicago, Jamila Woods. The album is Legacy Legacy. So I would say Jamila Woods would mostly be classified as an R&B artist, and R&B is not what I listen to pretty much ever. But when somebody is as good at what they do as Jamila Woods, then it rises above my taste in genre. Most of what I listen to is is weird rock music. <laughs> but um, similar to Kendrick Lamar, I'm not a big rap fan, but Kendrick Lamar is just so damn good. It's kind of the pinnacle of the genre, and I love listening to it. Jamila Woods is similar. You might want to hold my comb when you find out why. She has a good voice, and she's a good singer, but also she has this style that's almost like spoken word. There's a crispness and a cleanness to all of her songs from a vocal standpoint, a production standpoint. They're mostly up-tempo. You kind of get your head bobbing to it. And a lot of the lyrics have good political messages. She's just a great artist. I think she has a, a vision of what she wants to do, and the execution is just spot on. Now, getting into the top three, the home stretch. Number three, I have UFOF by Big Thief. This is a follow up to 2017's excellent capacity. Big Thief is able to make music that is simultaneously really complex and also stripped down. At the heart of all of their songs, it's folk music, 
But then sometimes they add these layers that make it sound really fully formed and rich. Just a system of truth There's a deep sense of emotion in everything that they do. Adrian Lenker is the singer, and she's really passionate. She she has a really natural and often raw delivery when she sings. I think that they're a band in the true sense of the word, where every instrument is doing something different. Every musician is bringing their own idea to the table, and they always come together well. But when you listen individually to the different parts, you can hear a unique vision from each musician. The two guitars don't so much work together, but kind of have a conversation with each other. This album was basically my soundtrack for the first couple of months when I moved to Korea, and kind of had that sense of isolation and questioning a little bit what I was doing. <laughs> um, don't worry, I'm I'm not sad, but it kind of fit my mindset really well and resonated with me for a, at least a few months. Uh, real quick, Big Thief also surprisingly came out with a second album this year kind of out of nowhere, called Two Hands, which is also excellent. Uh, that one's a little more uplifting. That actually almost cracked the top 10 on its own. Um, almost snuck in there, probably I'd have it at 11 or 12. But this band is pretty unstoppable right now, in my opinion. All right, number two, this is the juicy stuff. Number two, Billie Eilish. When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Billie. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Come here. Say it, spit it out. What is it exactly? Your pain is the amount cleaning you out. Am I satisfactory? Now, Billie Eilish is amazing. She just turned 18 when this album came out she was 17 she has this cool alt personality and style she sounds so mature and at the same time so youthful and fresh all of her songs have this minimalist quality 
especially in the instrumentation. It reminds me of of Lord's first album. It reminds me of the XX's first album, where these kids come out and they just have this new vision for music that hadn't really or hasn't really been heard before. She co-writes her songs with her brother Phineas, which is a great name, Phineas. Um, and he's a little bit older, but they're able to make this music that's playful and serious both. Often it makes me want to dance. Sometimes it actually does make me dance. And then other songs are surprisingly vulnerable and real. Every so often there are young artists that come around and you get excited for the future of what they can do. But Billie Eilish, even more so, I'm excited to see what she does because it seems like she is really driving the future of what music can be, um, especially pop music. This is a pop album, but it it takes a lot of risks and it's been wildly popular. Um, it's working. People love it. So... She's so young, it'll be cool to see what thoughts she has, what ideas come in the future. Alright, finally, number one. This is similar to my pick last year, where I knew for sure this was going to be the number one on my list, even as I was moving around all of the other rankings. Number one is House of Sugar by Sandy Alex G. So I know a lot of people listening are going to say, what? <laughs> Who? Um, and that's fair, because I never really listened to this artist until this year. Um, he's been around for a while. He used to go by Alex G. And 
there's some YouTube guy called Alex G. So then he added Sandy Alex G, which is a terrible name. Um, but he does these DIY projects. He is signed to a major label now, but still kind of has that feel of experimental kind of throw it together and see what happens mentality to his music. There's something to House of Sugar that's just mesmerizing and enchanting. There there are so many layers and textures involved and a lot of repetitive melodies. It took me it took me a minute to warm up to some of these songs because they are really weird. But with repeat listens as you get used to it, I don't know, there's something that it's at the same time comforting and a little bit abrasive or jarring at the same time. Now I hesitate to recommend this to everybody because I know it's not going to be a lot of people's styles. And that's okay. But this is the kind of music that I really love. It's so interesting. It rewards repeat listens. I really appreciate what he's doing and the execution of it. This is so my style of music. And I think it kind of has a niche audience. Um, I'm glad that I discovered him. And hopefully, hopefully you like it. If you don't, that's fine. (laughs) It's no skin off my nose. But this is my number one, solidly number one. So that'll do it. Thanks for listening, of course. Um, I will put links to playlists of uh, Taylor Swift's Good Songs from Lover and Vampire Weekend's Good Songs from Father of the Bride and my playlist that puts together Broken Social Scenes, two EPs of Let's Try the After, part one and two. Yeah, you can link to any of those. Also, check out my other podcast, Yanks and Blokes, where... Me and my British friend, Ella Kale, talk about our experiences living in Korea and how it relates to our home cultures. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed, and have a great new year. Bye.